0: Uh, we will call the uh, open session to order um, of the Quality and Professional Services Committee meeting. Um, can we call the roll?
1: Trustee Zorthian? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee DeVries? Here. Right. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Lawrence? Here. We have a quorum.
0: Now we will... It over to the attorney.
1: Yes, there are two separate items we will consider in closed session. First, the reports of the medical staff credentialing committees, uh, and then certain matters to be discussed with legal counsel pursuant to government code section 54956.9. Okay,
0: so we will uh, excuse anyone who doesn't usually stay for closed session. Meeting back to order. Um, <laughs> So, I have a request actually to um, change the agenda a little bit and do the medical staff, medical executive committee reports early because Dr. Dewan has to get on the road. So, why don't we do that? Um, Is there an MEC report posted uh, in addition to what we already looked at? Mm -hmm. Okay, let me see. I read it all just and now I don't remember. Okay. Um, so they would be sort of somewhere near the end here, medical staff yeah, reports. Report. Exactly. And um, wait, I am on the wrong. Never mind. Who comes first? San Leandro. San Leandro. How about Dr. Dewan? Why don't you um, present your report? I seem to. I am on the wrong, I'm in the board of trustees for some reason. I don't know how this all happened, but.
2: Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody for giving me the chance to get this done. I will be missing you guys on the road for two hours after this. So, (laughs) but you guys are in a better shape uh, than me when I'm in the car. Um, Okay, so. I'll start with some annual report um, and I think um, it's pretty clear that you can see that we try to um, make sure we test our power outage and uh, certain actions needs to be done as we figured out um, getting the flashlight and uh, the uh, dispensing of the drugs through pharmacy and so on and so forth uh, which we will be implementing and it should have been done by the end of this month and I think I was told, by Eileen it's All of those four things that we have listed is done. Um, Some of the other reports, uh, uh, code blue, uh, we had um, the rates are below than the national standard, which really means we're doing good. That we do not have that many code blues in the San Leandro hospital. Um, The conversion of the, uh, our RRT, which is a rapid response uh, team. Uh, Has only is 23 percent, so which is which is good because um, you want to act early and have a lot of the RRTs, but some of them do get converted into you know code blues because they were you know uh, real problems or issues compared to not that others are not real, but they're on a less intense uh, course. So uh, we're doing well with that critical care committee, which we talked about today, as a matter of fact. Uh, We'll be forming these. We're we're requesting few of the physician, um, ICU physicians, to review these by forming a critical care committee, uh, which will be done soon. Hopefully we'll have that next time. Our organ donation report, you can see that we were a little behind uh, in responding to uh, or communicating with the donor uh, agency, but we picked up on that after the education in March. We were 100% on uh, responding. We had one donation in in February. Uh, f- what is 100%? 100%, 100% of, of what? Uh, uh, well, mean, if there were uh, 100 patients who needed to be referred to to the donor network, they were done so on a timely manner.
0: A 100 people that died or 100 people that had said that they wanted to be organ
2: donors? or No. I, the eligible, those Those well, were eligible. The oh, patients okay. who are eligible for, uh, to, be co- in, to be communicated to the donor network group, were, they were, were all done. Okay. So even if there was one patient, we're still 100%. Yeah, because there was only one. So, and in our um, core measures, uh, we had some opportunity for um, improvement in the form of physician uh, who are not really prescribing drugs for t- tobacco cessation. And I think there is some education that needs to be done in that regard. Uh, nurses are doing their part, um, but we we have to educate physicians in that regard, which will be done. Um, falls are, um, there were nine falls. Uh, there were, two were unavoidable, but there was continued education given to the nurses uh, uh, hourly rounding and m- making them accountable for, uh, has been implemented to reduce these uh, events. So, uh, I would not go into other details of HAPO, which is hospital-acquired uh, uh, pressure ulcer, which are below the standard. Infection control is under as you can see. The uh, TB fit testing has been done. The mask and the C diff rate has been stable in the in the ho- Hospital as well. North Me- true North metrics are there. They are pretty much the same as I have always been. St- brought here month-by-month we are the the length of stay for the admitted patients are a little bit over and discharge patients are right under the mark that we like to see Um, what else Um, our preventable harms uh, 52 percent with 78 percent reduction in sepsis mortality which uh, mr. Jackson has already alluded that we're doing a remarkable job in in uh, in Creating a sepsis protocol in the in the Selenandra Hospital, um, and our patient experience, as a matter of fact, has uh, uh, through all these agencies that we try to see uh, how would you rate the hospital. That has been increased, uh, so l- more people are basically saying what they w- about Sanliento Hospital, whether it's good or not. But overall. Uh, the score has improved, that's what I would say. So there's a lot more participation, so there's a lot more activity in that regard. So, and last is uh, policy and procedures. Uh, they were reviewed and approved by the, by the committees. Any questions, I'm ready to answer. What an
3: patient experience for the month of July you have met the goal? Um, So Alameda San Leander Hospital was 80.5% for the month of July for patient patient experience, so congratulations.
2: Thank you. And I think it's all uh, because of the hourly hourly rounding, and that has made a remarkable difference uh, in patient care because of the response to the uh, hourly rounding. They are able to uh, talk to the nurse on time when they need it, and on top of that, they're, they're able to communicate every hour their needs with them compared to three hours or four hours when they're busy. So that has done a really good job uh, for the whole San Leandro Hospital. If I may, I just want to acknowledge um, Kinsey Reichelt for her leadership in patient engagement and Vicky Ardito, who is the director of nursing at San Leandro Hospital, who has been the kind of point person to implement the hourly rounding and the, you know, looking at the key indicators of how do we improve the uh, patient satisfaction. So it's really a, a team effort, and I appreciate the system support and Vicki's leadership. Uh,
4: I really appreciate how forthcoming you are with, with the information that may, things may not necessarily go the way you would hope they would, but you're on top of it and show that this happened but we're doing the following to remediate it. And it just gives you a great deal of confidence that when when you're forthcoming with information and it it just helps, so thank you.
2: you
5: report that we received at our last meeting was the Infection Control Committee report. Uh, Three particular points came from that. We have staffing changes in that our director of infection control is off to military duty. So exactly how he will be covered, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure there's a plan in place for that. There
6: is is a plan in place. I just met and and I'm gonna be mentoring one of his team members for oversight.
5: Very good. Secondly, we had a, a hand hygiene Uh, performance improvement campaign that was presented at MEC, and lastly, our CLABSI rate, which for Trustee Lawrence I will define as Central Line Acquired Bloodstream Infections. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Still (laughs) remained at 0%. Uh, Lastly, we received our HIM, or Health Information Management Report, that included our top 20 physicians with delinquent records. I'm going to take a moment here and say how happy I am that I, in my entire duration as chief of staff, the occupant of the highest spot on that was a member of my department, and it is now cleared. So I had dark hair when I started that process. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our delinquency rate, as you see on the, on the chart at the very bottom, is, remains at, at better than goal. So we're doing, doing pretty well, I think, with regard to our H.A.M. reports. That's the entirety of my report. Thank you.
7: We, we normally don't meet in August, so we just uh, had a, sp- a focus meeting, uh, and all, everything we've talked about earlier was. So it'd be redundant for me to just to go through it again, but uh, it, w- it was not. There was no credentialing in that, uh, in, that in that August 21st meeting.
0: So the minutes of the last meeting which was in August are approved and we will move on to the policies and procedures.
6: So I think on tab two we had talked about doing the discussion around regulatory requirements for governance before we approve the policies and procedures so we could get some clarity in yes. the discussion.
0: Let's have that first. Okay.
6: So in your packet and I'm hoping everyone had a chance to read it. Um, is that what you wanted Trustee Lawrence. Very good. So Trustee Lawrence had been asking for us to, to provide some guidance around what is actually required um, under standards for Title 22, which is the State of California, CMS conditions of participation in the Joint Commission, um, what, what is required for the governing body to approve or read. So in your packet, um, there is actually um, a list um, that was pulled together Around let's see, it's for the 200 and, um, Joint Commission 215 governance standards and current standards for CMS. There's a crosswalk that talks about all the required standards and what is required for the governing body to review. So, um, I so so this is what I use when I uh, to make sure that we're in compliance from a regulatory perspective and that we meet Joint Commission standards. Um, I make sure that all of these requirements move through a process and so that's done primarily through our quality committees if you look at our um, the medical staff committees what we've done is um, we work closely with the medical staff and and in their summary all of the things that need to be reviewed and approved to the board are on that written list so we can come back and demonstrate and document that we're meeting the requirements the issue I think was um, was really focused not, not around some of the other things but primarily the policies and procedures, correct? Um, and so in my memo, as I indicate, um, um, philosophically, the board is responsible for having an understanding of a policy. And a policy is really the principles that govern our behaviors. Um, and a policy can be two or three sentences or, or several bullet points. The procedures are really the component that operationalize the policy and put it into place. And so if you look on that long list of all of the things that it says that the governing body has to approve, um, only in a couple of places does it indicate that the procedures need to be approved, and nursing is one of those areas, which is probably the reason why we have integrated many of our clinical policies with the procedures. However, a lot of organizations, and I I think, um, I believe at Highland, the nursing policies that we have, many of them, I'm sorry, the procedures, um, come from an evidence-based company that provides standards around procedures. So how do you put in a Foley catheter? How do you do that? So so we use those procedures that are evidence-based that get updated um, at AHS core. Um, I don't believe we use them at the other two facilities yet, but... In the nursing executive team, we have talked about policies and procedures, and we're having a discussion about what we want to do across the system. So so in essence, when you look at the executive summary that's in your packet, what I try to do is to give you as much information, and listed under purpose really talks about the essence of the policy philosophically, Mm -hmm. what the intention of the policy is. If there was something controversial in a policy, I would bring it to the board's attention. Um, so for example, if there was something that um, maybe see that that um, a committee or a group wanted to do that was outside the normal standard of practice that was controversial, I would manage that. And we do manage that before it would ever get to here. But if something were to move and the medical executive committee were to approve, one of the medical executive committees were to approve a policy that that might be might be seen as controversial or may need board discussion It would be my responsibility to bring it here for discussion so the board would have an understanding Um, the 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 policies that we move through the process are put in as attachments so if there are questions you can look at the detail so if you so choose to do that but the expectation would wouldn't be that you would read an entire 20-page document Um, at the board meeting, I was asked about the rigor and the process that happens for policies, and and I can tell you, this has been um, the policies and procedures have been the bane of my existence my whole career, because you really do need to have infrastructure in place for um, t- to make sure that you're doing due diligence, that they are evidence based, that the right people see them, and there's no surprises. So I think we have a practice here that is probably better than any other place I've ever been in my career. Is it perfect? It is not. And with the, the, the acquisition and the affiliation of two new medical centers, um, or two new hospitals, um, there, there is rigor that happens at those hospitals. Um, and our goal is to integrate as much as possible. But that's going to take time. And as we've heard earlier, each independent medical staff approves their policies. Um, So they're responsible for approving the clinical policies for their, for their. So policies, Policies. um, procedures as indicated. So on this list, for example, there's some, there's, I I think, respiratory therapy says the procedures have to be approved by the medical staff. Um, so they, they indicate where procedures would need to be approved.
1: And, And if I could just jump in, in, uh, because I think, um, the list that Karen has put together sort of raises the question, you know, I think for the board in terms of you know, any distinction to be drawn between you know, approving or reviewing, uh, or what actions being taken, you know, with regard you know to these matters and. You know, it's it's understood that some board members may have the technical expertise which permits them to uh, conduct a deeper, more probing inquiry with regard to some issues that come before the board than other members. Um, but the board's you know fiduciary obligation with regard to you know giving approval or you know taking some action or review essentially is an obligation to ensure that uh, you understand what the issue is, that you have an understanding of whatever process has taken place that is you know, designed or purports to implement whatever issue is uh, at hand, and that you've satisfied yourself that with regard to that process that it's been followed and, in fact, is going to lead to the result or outcome where you feel confident that it could lead to that result or outcome. And it seems a board member can acquire that level of comfort in a couple of different ways. One, with regard to policies and procedures, you could read the policy or the procedure that's being proposed. And if you had the technical expertise to understand, you know, um, uh, whatever was being addressed there, then you could say, okay, I've read this. If I was writing this policy on respiratory therapy, it's exactly how I do it. And then you'd say, yes, that's fine. Um, On the other hand, um, if you don't have the technical expertise, it really doesn't help you to read the policy because you're not really in a position to say if this is a good one, if it's a bad you know, one or not. In that instance, you know, you're listening closely to the report that Karen's given or, you know, one of the chiefs of the medical staff regarding a policy or procedure. Uh, you might look at a piece of it, you know, just, to, okay, let's look at the, uh, the introduction and read a section and then ask questions. You know, when you say at the beginning of the policy this is, you know, an important issue, why is it important, what have you done? Those are the types of uh, actions I think that board members can do to satisfy themselves that what they're hearing in terms of a report from staff that this policy meets the requirements and we're recommending it for approval, that's how you can discharge that fiduciary obligation that you have you know, to provide the oversight. Voting to approve the policies and procedures is not an attestation that you have read each and every line of every policy and procedure, okay? And I think it's important you know, not to uh, you know be unclear on that point it's a well question if I feel confident that the re- recommendation given to me is supported by the steps taken by staff and that this is what it reports to be and if I'm not then I've asked questions and I've had those uh, uh, concerns satisfied
6: and, and I also would add um, you know we volunteer are accredited by the Joint Commission so you just heard that we had a, um, a stellar survey during that survey process they review um, you know, pr- probably you know 50 to 100 policies and they're looking with rigor if they meet the standards. So if we had a problematic survey and um, it would be reflected in that survey if we were not doing due diligence and if our policies were not um, reflective. Also the state comes into our system, I want to say maybe 200 times a year. Um, and so they are looking at policies that reflect their investigating complaints once again. Um, If we were to have issues with that, that would be something I would raise in in our report if there was something that was problematic that wasn't resolved. So,
1: And, And to the extent that that has been an ongoing issue, that, again, would be an appropriate inquiry from the board, is that, okay, you know, the last two years i understand the joint commission has dinged every one of the facilities regarding their something about policies so that might just lead to more questions you know uh, more probing questions you know a little bit more than just perhaps accepting. and again that's the balance that you're drawing in terms of you know what is enough to satisfy that fiduciary obligation to the board member
0: about it a little bit myself after um, mike and i were talking about it at the, at the board meeting um, i think what we're approving essentially is the process by which they the uh, the procedures and policies are reviewed by the experts in our in our uh, system and um and if we can assure ourselves that the right we think the right people have looked at them then we should be fairly reassured you know that's the only. I mean, obviously, some things I can understand when I read them, but there are many things I know nothing about that go on in hospitals. You know, So,
4: yeah. To that point, and, and unfortunately, I also have to leave early today. To that point, I, I wonder if every time we review the policies, um, are we able to have a person's name next to that policy who is held accountable
6: for that? So on, on the list, yeah. we do indicate okay. the accountable leader. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We do. Oh, that's good. Right. On the policies themselves, they used to have people's names, but people kept changing jobs, and it, se- uh-huh. it became more functional to have the name of the position as who was sponsoring the policy. But yeah, yeah, in the funny. chart that Karen generates, you, yeah. you have names there.
4: Then then I think it covers what you just brought up, which is we're not the experts about the policy, but we are being held accountable that an expert has looked at the policy and has reviewed it. And I I think we're just blessing that process, right? So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Thank you for doing this because it was something that I... It's been bothering me for a long time. Um, And I would request that you bring that, because Jim Lugiani raised the question the other night about what's the process when we wanted to go through policies. And because we sit here, we we pretty much understand. So I think it would be important to take this grid and show the entire board okay. what our responsibilities are relative to that issue. I think that would be very helpful to, okay. the, to the governing body. Sure, I'd be happy. And, and then the other request that I would have, if in fact you're expecting us to look, you know, not, I mean, I don't know about inserting a catheter or any of those other things, which you have as your process, is just be sensitive to the fact that a couple times we've been asked to read 100 800 900 pages and it's just not fair to get that information and and well I understand we you know we have the process and looking at it it's just not fair so if you could just kind of monitor that a little bit it's when was the manual that came mm-hmm. and all the you know sure. and if we could just monitor that that would be I think just better okay thank you I, I really do appreciate you putting this together. I know it, it took a long time. You're
0: welcome. Other comments about that? Okay. Um so let's move on to the actual approval of the policies. <laughs> so <laughs> move. Second. Any any comments, questions? Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. N- none opposed, so the policies are approved for all three hospitals, and we might be done. Is there more business at hand? The tracking list. Oh, the I? tracking yeah. list. I keep forgetting it, don't I? Yes, um, and Karen has some updates. Yes, I do. So, so let's see here.
6: There's the tracking list. So, I am. I am happy to share that the. Patient Advisory Council did elect somebody to be on QPSC, to be a non-voting member, as we had requested. So we've gone through a process. Um, I don't want to publicly announce the name of the person because I'm not sure if the committee—it was a—it um, was a anonymous vote or it was a—I a, don't know what a, a secret, secret. B- ballot. So basically, um, there was a vote done am- among the committee members that was anonymous. So I just want to make sure that they know before I I announce it publicly, but I will be um, budding up with the the representative who will be on QPSC so I can mentor them, um, go over the agenda and the information, ask any questions that they have. Um, With the change in QPSC, we may want to have some discussion about um, how we want to handle that. If if the focus of this committee is not going to be um, on safety and that goes to the full board. I, I would put out there that it is, um, you know, considered to be best practice to have patients on your committees as many as possible, and in um, Leapfrog and and other leadership evidence, um, it's highly recommended that you do that, and it really makes the discussion patient-centric, not voting member, but a, a member who's actually on the committee. So I would just. Um, put that out there. I think I'm happy that we would start here, but we may want to think about what we want to do if the focus of this committee changes.
0: So that really does, I mean, we've been talking about this now for a couple of years, um, but now that we're talking about changing the focus of the committee, it does kind of change the whole question. Is Would this person be in the closed session? Um,
6: so no, they they, they wouldn't.
0: And so we've actually you know it, it is talking about best practices. It's been considered a best practice for a board to have a quality committee. I support Michelle's notion that the whole board should be the quality committee um, and I think we should go that way, but it does mean that the focus of this committee becomes basically approving policies um in, in open session.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: I think when we started this process we weren't having this conversation so it just yes, happened I know. that it came to light is everything. Yeah,
4: the timing is an issue. The, the other thing and I just wrote some notes on mine I didn't know that you'd already taken the vote but because of that issue on the governance relative to our homeless um, you pro- thank you for that standard, you know, I thought perhaps there was some way in which we could broker that relationship in some manner that might, you know, cover two birds with one stone as it were, or or set something up. The the other possibility is I think about the board meeting is to in fact invite members of that quality group to attend the board meeting, they may not sit at the diocese, but they could attend in the audience and then we could make it a point to have on the agenda a two, three minute update from, from the advisory group. So at least they're giving input to the board mm-hmm. uh, as a process as opposed to our reconfiguring our, this group. You know? So I think there are other ways that we can get a voice of, of our patients um, and so we might want to think about other kinds of other kinds of uh, processes, because I know that we're definitely going to have to do something with our what is it called FQHC status. yeah one of those
8: <laughs>
3: yeah another acronym
4: yeah um so and I'm sorry that it's put i hope it doesn't create difficulty for you.
6: Well, I, I actually don't know a lot about this person. I haven't had a conversation with the, with the person that was selected by the advisory board. So, um,
4: yeah, yeah,
6: I mean, I actually have it in my email. I just, okay. so I haven't, well, I haven't spoken with I her. I just
4: hope the message is that, you know, it's not that she's not wanted or anything, it's just that there might be a better vehicle to get patient information to this board than, than this group. So, anyway, give it consideration. Okay. So, so should I
6: should I communicate out um, that that for right now the committee is undergoing some changes, so we're going to hold off, and then we'll communicate back. That
4: that seems that seems wise to me. Okay. Yeah. And even from the, uh,
3: and I know that, sorry. That there's a whole
4: process going on
3: right now, but one of the things is because we have a community advisory. Board or committee was that we would tap into them for uh, this, so it might work out in a different scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's just that yeah, I think the message that uh, that they are working, uh, the restructuring is happening, and there might be some role would be would be mm-hmm. a good one mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm.
7: Is, is that uh, committee even meeting? Yeah, the community, the community yeah. advisory committee.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you I do mean don't the one that d- yes, yeah. Talked about no. I, this is the different. They do meet. A patient patient the it's
7: no, advisor. no, no. I know. but I'm asking if, if the, oh, community the community yeah. advisory. committee. No, they so, had not so met not.
3: formally. They've got they got all the nuts and bolts together, but really not had any oh. meeting. If I'm so, not talking about the patient yeah. advisory committee. Oh, no. is Correct. this the patient advisory? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay.
7: I think it's significant because a lot of work was done. To create this community advisory committee which also would be I assume all patients and therefore able to give a patient perspective so I don't know if those people should be I don't know that we're even going to consider if we're if the community advisory committee is even going to continue or it's never quite gotten off the ground
1: they wouldn't necessarily be patients but I
0: don't
1: I don't think the <coughs> community advisory councils have actually been formed. I think the infrastructure was put into place so right. they developed an application I believe they accepted some applications but uh, to my knowledge I don't believe that they had actually appointed any recruited to people right yeah or, or, right but,
7: to the but, but, in the, but just by the way to that point in the interest of cleanliness and good public relations, we might want to have someone follow up with those applicants, just.
3: <laughs> and also, they're kind of just floating out yeah, there since last summer. Yeah, and also, isn't there a community benefit part to the entity that we have where we need to go and you know, tap into an advisory committee like that? That's good practice, so that's almost like a necessary thing for an entity like us, isn't it? It's not like, it wasn't just like, hey, this is a good idea, let's do it, it was something that as a community benefit program, you need to have an advisory group. Patient safety, patient different, unless that's the the governance structure's the same and they can overlap. Uh, but I think I, the regs ask us to have something like that.
8: I, I think uh, if I if I understand correctly, you might be referring to like the community health needs assessment that's required now as part of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we've actually been having a lot of back and forth about uh, who that applies to because there, there actually is prescriptive language about uh, which types of organizations are required to do those. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a sort of formulaic uh, assessment that happens on a triennial basis, I believe it is. Uh, but that notwithstanding, I, I was actually going to propose, I, this is the first time I've heard of this, uh, uh, I would certainly welcome the, um, you know, a body of, of people who are community Everyone. representatives. that might be uh, patients or I say potential patients. Uh, um, who could inform some of the directions that that the 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 system would take, and we could uh, incorporate that as sort of a, a group that informs the leadership, uh, that then you know as as uh, warranted we could bring to the board as well. Yeah,
4: yeah, I think there are a lot of possibilities on how we can, and we've kind of just thought of it in in a small way about this, you know, our QPSC meeting, but I think there are um, there are probably other possibilities whether to inform. The staff, or have them talk to the total board at a at a board meeting. But if we want to shift that, and we know we need to get it for our for our ho- change the governance structure for our homeless um, piece. The, the other thing that's coming forward, and I, I really don't understand right now what what the board of supervisors are intending to do, but there are those that. Um, and I kind of, I'm bird walking here, that the Board of Supervisors are thinking about some changes in the governance model as well. So what I think would be helpful when they see this list of all the things that they're responsible for, I suspect they'll wanna keep it, keep it here. <laughs> um, so they just, they're not gonna to wanna to do this. So I think this is a great thing to be able to share and I even put in my notes, it might be something you wanna to send to, to um, Dr. Um, Dr. Scan- yeah, Clannon, I was going to say, Scan- Clannan, um, so that she might relate to uh, send that out.
0: Um, OK. Thanks. So that being said, um, we're not making changes in the uh, schedule yet, so I presume we, we meet again next month. It will be the night before the retreat, right? Is yes. that what I'm? Okay. And otherwise, we're adjourned. Well, no,
4: I mean this committee, committee. committee. This the committee, not the board, but right. the no, committee, no, committee. Yeah, right. this committee yes. will meet, and then we're we, the thing will shift to November. And one of the things that I could, uh, if I could ask, I know you were going to do the the doodle or the monkey yeah. or whatever. Um, if you would involve the doctors in that schedule, because I know that San Leandro has their. Um, their MEC the same night and so maybe it may be that we can shift so that the doctors have a uh, an opportunity to participate and then I promised them as you had suggested Del Vecchio is to move their item up to the front so they don't necessarily have to stay the whole meeting as you did the other night and I thank you. Uh,
1: okay. So before we adjourn, I just want to report that in closed session, the board approved the credentialing reports of San Leandro Hospital and um, Highland Hospital, John George uh, Hospital and the uh, wellness clinics. And there was no report from Alameda Hospital and the board took no other, or the committee took no other action.
0: Thank you. And is there any public comment? Thank you. All right. Mr. DeBreeze, Could I just ask that
7: we adjourn in honor of Dr. Wu, who who passed oh away yes. yesterday. Thank take you. a moment of silence.